Let's go. Hello, welcome to episode three of the McLaren Fans Podcast. Um, just after the Sochi race, uh, I'm your host, Andy Donnelly. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Sarah Merritt. Hello. And our special guest star this week is Gino Murillo Morales. Perfect Hi, pronunciation. Gino. Good evening. <laughs> welcome, welcome, Gino. Welcome. Thank you. I believe you're a McLaren fan in the Netherlands. Is that correct? That's completely correct. Right. Yeah. Why don't you say hello to our Dutch fans for us? Yeah. Hello, and a Nederlandse McLaren fans. Leuk dat jullie ook luisteren. Um, ik neem aan dat we het komende uur over alle dingen die over McLaren gaan, gaan spreken. Dus hopelijk vinden jullie het leuk om, een, om mee te luisteren. Ah, oké. Okay. Ah, lekker. lekker. Totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, right, I'm right, I'm right yeah. with you there, Gino. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if, if you're a fan from the Netherlands, give us a shout on Twitter and say that you're listening. It'd be great to know who's out there. Right, let's get into the race weekend, shall we? So, uh, obviously, Sochi today. Uh, we'll get on to the sort of race result in a minute, but uh, let's talk about sort of the start of the race weekend and how things kind of went. It, it looked quite promising from my point of view. I thought we were doing okay. thought it was quite tight between yeah. us and Renault and even the, uh, the pink Mercedes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what did yeah. you guys think? Usually in a tough midfield, we always seem to be like, top of the pile in the top midfield. Mm. So that's always good to see. It was very promising in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. They were talking a lot on, on Sky and commentary about the fact that the midfield looked tighter. And you could definitely see Renault were doing well. And like you say, the pink Mercedes. Um, mm-hmm. So it did make me a bit nervous for what quality might turn out to be like. But I knew we'd be firmly in the middle no matter what happened. Um, and yeah, and I think on Saturday... I think I was pleasantly surprised by by the way things fell. I thought we we were in a good spot for the race to score some points. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I think that was it, isn't it? I think we uh, we qualified um, sixth and eighth, which yep. um, you know, if you told me before Saturday, I would have taken that and said, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Gave us a good um, sort of point to sort of go into the race from. Um, I think this weekend also. I'm not sure how the team sort of felt about it. I, I kind of got the impression that there was a bit of testing going on this weekend. Um, we had uh, uh, Lando's new nose. Um, oh, yes. Obviously not mm-hmm. his nose on his face, no plastic surgery no. or anything like that, <laughs> but the one uh, on the car. Um, it, uh, and the, the, I, I think Sky referred to it at one point as being a Mercedes-type nose. I, maybe we copy in the pink Mercedes. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen a few on Twitter where they've said that as well, Andy, and they've commented about it's the it's the upper veins of the, the front wing that are, are wider and look a bit like that. But having, having read about the fact that it's part of a bigger package and that Andreas wanted to get this, this nose tested, this front wing tested, maybe we shouldn't call it a nose, maybe we should call it a front wing, hey? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I much um, prefer front wing, that's a much better idea. I'm sure yeah. they all used to be called front wing at some point. I'm sure was they it, did, yeah. Was it when they started to get those, um, uh, let's just call them the, the porn noses that we had a few years yeah. ago? The, Is the that when we ones, started to yeah. call it, yeah. <laughs> Yes, but I think um, I think you know we'll go on to talk about the race in a minute. Obviously, but one good thing to take away from today's race, no matter what you think, is Lando did a whole race with that front wing on. So the team are going to have some fantastic data to look at on that front wing to correlate with the bigger parts of the package that are coming, you know, in the next few races. So that's that's a positive there. 
Absolutely. I also think uh, it's the same as Carlos tested back in Mugello. Yes. So it's uh, it's good to get a race data on it, I guess, instead of just free practice. Indeed. A whole race distance must give them so much data to study, mustn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's going to that's be great. I'm just hoping that there was no... Uh, there seemed to be a little bit of contact or damage maybe on Lando's car from lap one. So I'm just hoping that it actually gives us some decent data from that and not... Uh, something that's slightly skew off, but I'm sure they'll know that. I'm sure they'll be able to look at the car and find out afterwards. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, so um, obviously Friday practice went well. Uh, one thing I'd like to say is that, oh, isn't it so good to listen to Andrea Seidel on the uh, the pit wall rather than Christian Horner every week? <laughs> <laughs> do you think maybe we're a little bit biased? Just a little maybe bit. Maybe <laughs> a little bit biased, but I do feel I've had my fill of Christian Horner for the last three or four yes. races. Well, um, I, actually, I wish we got those interviews because, well, we only have Dutch television and we don't get those interviews at all. So we oh, no! Oh, you'll have to, oh uh, sorry, Gino. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we hate we hate to tease you, but we've had uh, we've had Crofty talking to Andreas live on the pit wall throughout every practice session and 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 during the weekend. It's it's been brilliant, really insightful. Um, oh, wow. They really do try and push Andreas to to give away some information, but he's he's not silly. He's not going to give away anything that someone else listening could pick up. So. <laughs> He's a professional with lots of experience. Wouldn't have, wouldn't exactly. have expected anything else. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. We move on to sort of the race and how things went. Uh, who wants to take up Carlos's first lap? Maybe maybe you have a go at the Gino. Go on. Oh, <laughs> thank you for the honours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what to say? I wish things went a bit differently. Um <laughs> The thing is, um, I saw it happening on television, and it happened in the back of the shot. So you saw something happening in the back, and yep. our our commentator just glossed over it, didn't see it happen, and I I was already shouting like, "Oh no, what's happening?" And the, the commentator just didn't notice it at all, and I was just <sighs> oh, already in a bad mood. Yeah. Do you think, Gino? Um, just just in passing, as we're talking about that, are your commentators a little bit biased to, towards a a Dutch driver, perhaps? <laughs> Would you think so? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, more than maybe just a bit. Sometimes to my frustration. That's very interesting because a lot of people over here in the UK say our commentators are biased towards Lewis. So there's a there's a lot of, of a lot of opinion on this sort of thing. That's interesting to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, would, so sorry, I mean, sorry, Andy, when, carry on. Yeah, I remember when Gasly won that race a few few races ago. Was it Monza he won? Gasly. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the French commentator was very biased towards Gasly then, wasn't he? <laughs> when we watched yes. that back. But, you know, fair enough. I think you're always yeah. going to get a bit of that. And that's, that's yeah. fair enough. True, true. You know, they, they, they've, they've got to kind of play to their audience. I think uh, mm. slightly the difference in the UK is we've got a good crop of British drivers at the minute that is not just Lewis Hamilton. We'd like to hear no, a little no. bit more about Lando, a little bit more about George Russell and also Alex as well. You know, yes. even yeah. though he's uh, under the Thai flag, he's, uh, you know, uh, very British as well. Um, Absolutely. The UK is yeah. well represented in their motorsports. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so back, you, to, uh, um, back to lap one. What did you think, Sarah? Well, I was just going to say, to uh, like Gino, I saw it unfurling and I think I managed to, to tweet, no, <laughs> and, hit, and hit the send button before I put my phone back down. Um, and at that point, 
you know, as always with any accident, uh, you never know if the driver's okay or not, if it's going to turn into a bigger pile-up because he span back onto track. I think Carlos was a bit unlucky. I think that particular area of the track has been has been a big feature all weekend and at every Sochi race, you know. Um, and, yeah, he was probably carrying a bit too much speed and he's made a mistake and clipped that wall. But he's so- always the first person to admit if he's made a mistake, yeah. he apologised to the team. Yeah. To, to quote him, he, he went too deep and went over the sausage. Mm-hmm. You never want to go over the sausage. No, no, you've got to be very, it. very careful if you're going over the sausage. But, but I also read a comment from him, Andy, that he said others were in the same position cutting along there and did not try and go around the bollards. And he said, maybe I should have not tried to go around the bollards as well, you know, because they didn't get a penalty for it. On the maybe, first lap only. Yeah, maybe the first oh, wow. lap thing. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. I seem to remember a while back, Stoffel did something similar and got penalised for it on the first lap. But yeah, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. 99 times out of 100, he wouldn't have hit that wall. But my no, God, he hit it. Yeah. And he hit I think it hard. Also, we, we saw a replay of Max getting through there and he was also very close to the wall. Yeah, I think the, the angle was quite difficult to get past it anyway. Sure, so, yeah. Grosjean later later in the race had trouble with getting there, getting past it at the right angle. It was it's quite a tough position, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think they need to change that for next year just to make it a bit easier. It's all fair enough trying to slow you down, but making it dangerous is not right. Yeah, no, definitely not, definitely not. And I think uh, I heard some of the commentators. I think Anthony Davidson said when he was on the Skypad that. He'd been he'd been worried about the fact that that was just a, a bare concrete wall there with no barrier, no protection. So he he thought the worst could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously Lando got caught up in it a little bit as well. Um, uh, he kind of almost had to do an emergency stop by the looks of it. Yes. And um, yeah, but uh, we decided that kind of let's let's pit him. Get him onto hard tyres because he was at that point right at the back. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously that compromised Lando's race as well. I don't think there's anything Lando could have done or Carlos um, in that in that sort of respect. Um, did you get a good sort of review of that bit on uh, uh, Dutch TV, Gino? Uh, you mean about Lando's uh, comeback race? Yeah, you mean? yeah. Uh, yeah, quite a lot because, of course, you had to fight between George, uh, Alex, and L- Lando during oh, the race. Oh, so yes. I loved it. Uh, it was quite competitive. Um, lots of footage of that, of course. And um, I mean, Lando got also quite a bit of praise for being able to get back into the top 10 at some point, fighting back with a possibly car with a balance issue, as they said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed that um, that battle as well. I, th- I thought they did really well. Um, I thought. Um, you know, it, it was good racing. They give each other a lot of respect and a lot of room, and it was it was good to watch. I just wish it was further at the front for all of them, really. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One thing, uh, what I did like Go about that is that you had you had a car like Williams fighting it out with a Red Bull, fighting it out with a McLaren at the same time. That's something yeah. that I I didn't expect to see. It was lovely to see. Well, that Williams is pretty fast on the straight because it's got the Mercedes engine. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. just a little bit slower in the corners to everyone else, but I think Russell gets more out of that car than absolutely he, he kind oh, of deserves yeah. at times. So, you know, totally. George, George Russell looks like he's got a lot of talent and, and has shown it. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's a, it's a good thing to sort of see. Um, yeah, and then I kind of feel that 
really not a lot sort of happened in the race after that for us. Um, it was just more, a, a, I guess, of Lando trying to sort of battle back. He made up some good places. But we didn't really see a lot of the passing on TV here um, until no. he got to sort of about uh, sort of um, P13, 12 and 10. And when all of the sort of pit stops come, we thought, oh, we're in a decent position, but we've got quite old tyres. So mm-hmm. I was kind of praying that we might hold on to a P10, but I was kind of really being very ultra-optimistic at that point. <laughs> I mean, you I always we... hope. No matter what, you always just keep hoping. <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh... <laughs> we knew uh, we knew how old his tyres were, and I think we were watching for that. And in the back of my mind, I'd hoped he might be able to hang on, but I think realistically we knew that wasn't going to be the case. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's just a shame, really, because it did feel like he'd battled his way up to the front and then when he pits, obviously, takes a drop down. I saw you tweet at the time, Andy. I saw you tweet a bit earlier saying, why have they not pitted Lando yet? Um, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was kind of wondering why we didn't cover Albon, to be honest. Um, and maybe... It was whoever out of the two of them pitted first got the advantage. Um, or, or it was just a massive risk that Red Bull took putting Albon in there. You just don't know. But certainly I felt like we might have been, might have covered him off and sort of had the same sort of uh, drive through the pack that Albon had. But even then, um, pre, sort of previous to that, I thought Lando held him off pretty well. Yeah. Um, as he was coming at him and, and, you know, a lot of people talk about really exciting overtakes and things like that. But sometimes watching a driver position his car right on a track and defend when you know that he's got a speed deficit, all the tyres and things like that can yeah. just be just as exciting. And, you know, one certainly for me, Lando showed probably the best sort of racecraft that I've seen him show, um, probably since the, the sort of Austria P3 for me in how to actually sort of drive and stuff like that. You know, we, we have a real talent on our hands here. Uh, I hope we keep them for a long, long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I think we agree there as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and then we did put him on lap 47 onto the mediums. I think, were they used mediums we put him on? I think I'm they not sure. No, not sure. Um, but yeah, we put him on mediums on 47. Obviously, at that point, the kind of race was was done for us yeah um and yeah kind of uh yeah yeah I was kind of hoping something might happen maybe um you know maybe we might get another safety car something like that talking about things happening uh just a few laps before that we also saw Gojan going through the barriers at turn two oh yeah and then then the virtual safety car so I was thinking go for it go for a pit stop this is the moment but it was so brief yeah, but did you see how quickly the marshals ran out and changed the piece of polystyrene yeah. over? And you know, yeah, yeah unfortunately, yeah. they were they were far too efficient for us to need a proper safety car. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, did was it Gasly that pitted from AlphaTauri, and actually yeah. by the time they'd changed his tyres, it had gone from a VSC to back to green racing again, hadn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I guess it would have been a, a little bit of a a, um, a risk, but. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those races, isn't it, where you kind of go, these things happened, that's racing, draw the line, let's move on to the next one, which is... Look look forward, not back, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
So, yeah, you know, I think, unfortunately, today we just didn't have that look. But you know what? We're still third in the championship. Yep. That's what counts. Yep. That's what counts. And, and, and the season so far, you know, we've had two yeah. podiums. Let's not forget. So yeah. Yeah. things are so really looking Very, up. very positive still. Yeah, I also absolutely. remember reading uh, before this season started that the season might be a bit compromised, not as good as last year, but I mean, look where we are right now. It, yeah. It's turning out great. Exactly. And it's entertaining. Um, we've had a couple of races that haven't been that great, but the next couple of races are tracks that we've not raced in for a while. I think we've got yeah. Germany next. Then I think we've got Portugal and uh, Italy at Imola, I think. Oh, not, sure which way, not sure which way... Those are around, but I'd I'd sell a kidney to go to Imola to watch a race, but yeah. unfortunately I'm not doing that with COVID. <laughs> no, no, that's fair enough. I, I was slightly shocked today to see all of the fans in the stands. It was, yes, oh. I don't know what you thought, but I was surprised. They all seem to be so close together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit wary of that. I don't think I'd be going back to a race under those conditions just yet. No, me anyway. neither, mate. There you go. Right, let's uh, jump on to something else. So one of the reasons that, well, one of the two reasons that Gino's joined us today, um, three reasons, let's go for three. One of them is to talk about the day's race. Uh, is Gino is uh, a real big fan of McLaren Indy. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, basically, if I'm going to be honest, I get most of the stuff McLaren Indy stuff from him from on his Twitter, from his Twitter feed <laughs> and that's oh, how wow. I kind of keep up with it so yeah so big shoes there so um yeah let's have a little bit of a chat about McLaren Indy then and uh, sure you know uh, how the season's going I, I I did watch the Indy 500 I, I quite enjoyed it I thought we were doing quite well at the time um yeah. I was a little bit disappointed that we kind of didn't quite hold on uh, towards the end but uh, mm-hmm. given previously what I'd watched was Alonso's attempts the previous few years uh, mm-hmm. to actually be in the race and do well in the race, I was quite pleased with. And I think it's a good grounding for McLaren Indy to kind of move on from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think we had the same starting point. So I'm also still watching, uh, well, from 2017, when Fernando and McLaren crossed the first time to the other side of the pond. That's also when I started. And I, it just stuck to me. That first race, I, it was so impressive to me. I thought, wow, I, I love this motorsports. It's something different, yet yet it's the same. It's like, I used to call it the American Formula One. In many, many senses, maybe it is. But in some else, it, it isn't. It's, it's like its own unique thing. But also with this formula, which we all love as Formula One fans. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got a, a race coming up next weekend, haven't we? So there's no F1 next weekend, but there is... Uh, an indie race, mm-hmm. um, and McLaren are in this one. Um, where where's it at this time? Obviously, they're exactly. not all held at Indianapolis. Um, it's it's well, it is back home to Indiana. It's at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, right? Um, and it, actually, it's two races. So it's uh, they call it the Harvest GP, and okay. it's like because of uh, because of coronavirus, they have um, inserted some double headers, and oh. now it's at the same track as well. So it's at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but then the road course. Okay, um, so it's a slightly different course to what they did with the oval. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, okay. uh, it's like um, it's quite similar to the old Formula One track. I'm not sure if it's the same. I cannot really remember. I think it's a bit different, but it's one of the configurations uh, like the old, old Formula One track used to run. 
I think right, when we cool. watched the Indy 500s, when they showed aerial shots, you could see the the other track from above. So I, yeah, I think yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's on the inside of the oval. I've got to say, one of the things that grabbed me was the speed that they were taking those corners at. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. It was amazing. I was like, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we've got um, two drivers. Uh, uh, is it Pat Award and Oliver Askew? Yeah, so we've correct? got Pato Award from uh, yeah. Monterrey in Mexico. Yeah. And we've got Oliver Askew from Jupiter in Florida. Both yeah. uh, both young drivers, both very eager to um, go out there and do, do their best. And um, both Indy Lights winners. So, like, um, you could compare it like the Formula 2 of Indy cars, what I, what I usually call it. Um, Oliver won it last year, the, the championship. And the year before that was for Pato. So we've got some talented youngsters in the team. And of course, we had the one time um, the third car for Fernando. And uh, we will have actually next week for the double races Helio Castro Neves in our car. Ah. An um, exper- experienced Brazilian veteran. So he will be replace- replacing uh, Oliver Eskew. Okay. Um, yeah, a three time Indy 500 winner. So I think he's a very good replacement as we have. Right. And probably a good yardstick to kind of measure against. For the uh, for the other guys, it's uh, absolutely yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll promise you at this point, um, I will try and find a stream or something and watch it, <laughs> see what it's like, and and uh, yeah, we can maybe uh, have a bit of a chat about that in a, in a further so on on Twitter or something like that. But yeah, that will be awesome. Um, yeah, you will love it. I I promise it. You will love it. Okay. Right. I'm I'm down for that. And uh, yeah, any other uh, McLaren fans out there planning to sort of watch the indie, give us a shout. Give Gino a shout. Chat to him about it. Yeah. Before we move on, Gino, mm. am I right? You went to or won a competition to see the car launch? Um, yeah, yeah, the Formula One car launch. You mean? No, no, the uh, the the, um, the indie car. I thought you'd been to see that. Oh, I wish, I wish, but no. Ah, uh, no, no. I was very, very lucky to go to the Formula One car launch, but I knew someone, a good friend of mine, uh, Kenny on Twitter, he went to the IndyCar car launch. Ah, right. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of then, because I saw you tweet about it so much. Because that was something I was just going to mention before we moved on, is that something that that SPRO Indy are very, very good at, much like our McLaren um, guys, is engaging with fans. You know, they really are working hard to to bring fans close to the sport and all of that kind of thing. And I think I've seen some really big efforts from them, which might be, you know, one of the reasons why you've you've got into it so much as well is, is because of that. They seem to engage so well compared to other teams as well. Would you agree? Um, absolutely. Well, I don't know if it's compared to other IndyCar teams because um, one thing that, which is really different between IndyCar and Formula One I mean, with McLaren, we are very lucky. It's very accessible and open, the Formula One team. But in IndyCar, everything is just so open and accessible. Um, yeah. It's, it's like a whole different level, um, which is lovely to see. Also, just uh, the friend from Canada who uh, went to the car launch, he just tells me um, it's so easy to get into the paddock and to talk to drivers, to just engage with the teams, to get close to the teams. It's, he, he tells me it's so easy within the IndyCar community. Well, that's that's worth noting. Maybe when all this this COVID stuff is over, we should take a trip out there, Andy. What do you think? Yeah, or maybe they could do what sort of you've seen with the NFL 
and stuff like that and have an IndyCar race in Europe, in the UK or something like that. Yeah. Uh, we do have a track, Rockingham, that has an oval. Um, That'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah, but I so, still want to. I still want to see the yard of bricks. So you know, we yeah. do both. That, that's definitely <laughs> on a. Yeah, it's definitely on a, a bucket list, isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. On to the bucket list, I go. Yeah. <laughs> so um, also, um, yeah, go for um, it. A long, a long time because you mentioned any car in Europe when it still mm. used to be Champ Car. I think we had a Dutch driver in there, Robert Dorenbos, and they did a race in Assa, I think. So. Okay. There's some history of um, well, champ car, indie car racing in Europe. Right. Well, you never know. You never know what might happen. We've sit, we've we've had DTM move to the UK for a round, so yeah. it, it could happen. Who knows? Right. Well, uh, yeah. Like I said, give us a shout if you're going to watch the indie this this coming weekend, uh, and give Gino a shout as well. I'm sure he'd uh, like to chat to you about it. And uh, I love let's it. have I a love it. <laughs> let's have our fingers crossed for a McLaren win. Because that's yeah. what we like. Always. Yeah. So, Gino, um, yeah, just to, let's get on to you. Just have a little bit of background about you. Um, obviously, you're a McLaren fan. Mm-hmm. How did you get into F1? How did you become a McLaren fan? And I believe you have a rather interesting collection. If you I can do. Just I do. <laughs> well, go on with that. At least, at least I always think it's interesting. I love to talk about it. So let's give it a go. Yeah. Um, how did I get into the Formula One and McLaren? Well, that's a bit of a two-folded story. So let's start with the first part. I mean, like uh, McLaren and Formula One has always been a part of my family. My father used to watch, still watches Formula One. And uh, from the Senna and Prost days. So it's like always been a bit there. So I still have full memories of seeing Mika Hakkinen and David Coulthard race their um, West McLarens that era. Those are like my very, very first Formula One memories. And I still remember that V10 sound and how impressive that was in the mornings to hear. Um, so, well, that's something I still fondly have from my childhood. It's very present. It was always McLaren. Uh, Mika against uh, Michael. That's like the, the original rivalry in my head. The first thing I saw. <laughs> then came uh, Fernando Alonso, of course. And, well, Fernando is my hero. Uh, He's really my idol in in sports in general, not just motorsports. Um, and well, he he started racing at McLaren at some point, and I think um, near the end of that season is also when I when I really myself started watching Formula One actively. Because before that, I was of course still a child, a bit oblivious about what happened, of course, doing other things. But that was when I started, really started to get into it. So it's, yeah, it's a bit so, of a combination of uh, the uh, Hakkinen history, that those yeah. first memories, and Fernando getting into Formula One as well. So yeah, so you you, you say that you're a big fan of Fernando. Have you ever met him? Uh, never, never. No. <laughs> well, wow. Virtually last month. Virtually. virtually. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> well, uh, that that really was a dream come true. So there was this uh, before the Indy 500. There was this um, virtual meeting in Zoom, and uh, you could win to be present. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm just going to put my name in. No way, I'm not going to do it. And to my surprise, I was also tagged many times between the Twitter posts like, uh, Gino, you, you have to do this, you have to do this. And surprise, surprise, I won. I won it. I was so happy with it. So the big day came. And actually, I prepared like six questions on the paper. Maybe, it, maybe I got to ask a question. So I prepared six just in case someone else snatched a question before me. And uh, during that chat... Um, it was half an hour, I think. 
time was running out. Final five minutes, I thought I'm not going to be able to ask a question. But anyway, I am really grateful to have been here. Uh, the team chose me. I'm so grateful for this, but I'm happy with this. It's okay. Then came the special moment, a very, very special moment I will never forget. Um, the team, um, a spokesman from the team then said, um, we have a question from the Netherlands, from Gino. And I was just sitting there like very confused, like what? Huh? I didn't hand in any questions. What is, what is this even about? So um, uh, Gino, um, your, your question was, how do you become a Papaya member? A McLaren Papaya member. And I thought, I, didn't, I did not hand in this question. Huh? Uh -huh. So I was really confused. Uh, Fernando, can you, ask, can you answer this question? So then uh, Fernando started talking himself to me, uh, well, in more or less in the sense of, um, hi Gino, um, well, now you become a Papaya member. Thank you for your support always. And I was just, I was just sitting like, like what? Is, is this really happening? Am I really? Brilliant. It's, yeah, it, it absolutely was. Yeah, have you got your card yet? Um, not yet. I'm waiting for it, but um, okay. I am patient, so no right. worry. Okay, McLaren, you need to get his card there soon. We need to see it. <laughs> I, right. I have to say, we were we were watching that, Gino, and we were all pretty emotional yeah. watching it happen. I, I, you held it together well. <laughs> I really <laughs> yeah. think you did. <laughs> yeah. well I mean, done. I think I was just too overwhelmed to just not hold it together at that point. I just didn't know, like, uh, is, is this is this real? Is it really happening? <laughs> but it was. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Right. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your collection now um, and sure. go through that before we, we wrap up for the day? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that's a nice bridge to the, to the next topic of my, my collection because uh, Fernando also asked about that. I got to show it uh, to him and something really special. Um, what I have is like a full paper collection. So like a hand, handmade uh, paper craft collection of all the cars Fernando has ever driven. Um, this includes all the test cars he's driven. So like everything, Formula One, um, IndyCar, uh, IMSA, WEC, uh, even his Dakar car, everything's there, like his test cars and the real race cars. Um, so in total, it's like over 40 cars, I think. Wow. wow. And these, am I right in thinking that there's no like pattern or anything? You design the pattern and template yourself and then make them from that. Yeah, the advantage is that um, some cars were readily available. So, for instance, the 2009 Renault was available. And I um, made this one. And then I thought, well, I want more. I want the others as well. But wait a minute. I can, if I just do it properly, I can design these myself. I can modify the existing templates and make the new cars. So now I use, use blueprints, uh, dimensions, scales, uh, technical regulation changes to kind of measure what the difference is. And um, of course, the, the color differences, the liveries, you have to design it yourself, of course, those templates. Sounds like a lot of work, Gino, a lot of dedication on your part. It is, it is. But uh, I'm, I mean, um, maybe I can add a picture somewhere uh, afterwards. I mean, the yeah, is, sure, give us a tweet one, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do that. Will do. I mean, the result really is, um, I mean, every day when I still wake up, it's just very impressive to see that in my room, like a full collection. <laughs> And I'd, I'd say to anyone listening as well, if they give Gino a follow when he's building a new car or designing something or working on it, he often tweets step by step pictures of what he's doing. It's very interesting to follow along with. So uh, so make sure you give Gino a follow. Thank you. <laughs> Shall I reveal a secret on him, maybe? 
Sure, oh, go for it. Oh, yeah. I am making a huge um, McLaren IndyCar of this year, so Fernando's of this year. Here's the small version. You can see it. Yeah. Wow. Hang on. Leave it there. Let me just get a screenshot. Of course. Got it. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so this is a small version. By now, I have half an arrow screen of the new version, of the large version. So I, I have started making it, but uh, nobody knows yet. My question Ooh. is, is it big enough to sit in? That's the question we all want to know. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> I Brilliant. Really wish. Brilliant. Yeah, if you can tweet us uh, some pictures of your collection uh, later on, we will retweet them. Um, so that's great. Thanks for joining us today, Gino and Sarah. Uh, anything you guys want to sort of quickly finish off on? Any points we might have? Oh. I was just going to add that Gino is a member of the Dutch McLaren fan club. So Ooh, yes. Um, yes. we'll yeah. make sure we'll make sure when we tweet out anything after this that we tag we tag their account in it as well in case anyone listening is interested in following them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, thank you. For like the been... Dutch for like the Dutch audience, sorry to interrupt you, Sarah, but it was no. it was a good moment. Uh, for like the Dutch audience, we usually like a few times a year when corona is gone. We organize some like live events for people to be to like engage, watch a race together, have some McLaren related fun, and yeah, that's uh, kind of kind of what we do. Brilliant! That, they sound great. I've seen some pictures of those being tweeted by you and, uh, and Gerard in the in the past, and they, they do look fun. And uh, yeah, certainly on my list of things to do because it's a quick short hop over the Netherlands on a flight. Um, I do plan to get to one at some point and join you. We- we will have Hagerslack for you. I know you love it. I love Hagerslack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there we go. Right. Uh, our best best wrap up for the day. Um, we've, we've run out of time. Um, as always, you can uh, get this podcast from iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts now, and we've just gone on Amazon. Um also, you can send us an email at mclarenfanpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at mclarenfanspodcast, I think. I'll find out what it was. I should have written that down. Oh, terrible. Um, you guys, what are your Twitter accounts so people can get in touch with you and give you a follow? So mine mine is at Sariware on, on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, Gino. So minus at GMM1702 on Twitter. I don't use Instagram that much. Okay, cool. Great. Give those guys a follow. Give them a chat. And remember, uh, if you're watching the IndyCar, uh, give Gino a shout. Have a bit of a chat with Please him. Please do. I will yeah. be waiting. <laughs> and, Excellent. And we'll finish this week's episode um, with um, a little note from what Lando put on his uh, Instagram earlier. Remember to smile. <laughs> right. See you guys at the next episode. Thanks very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. <laughs>